0: Hello and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. I am Zach Faulkner-Barfield, co-founder and first gentleman at The Perfect Gentleman. And
1: joining me is... I'm James Marwood. I'm from uh, dapperchap.co and I'll be helping Zach uh, give you some cool knowledge and information about uh, the world of gentlemanliness over the next uh, next hour or so on this podcast. Yes, and, and it's the first of a new batch of podcasts, James. I'm really excited about this me too me too it's gonna be a lot of fun i enjoyed listening to the others and it's that did your previous your previous shows and i'm really excited to be, be a part of this one it's gonna be a lot of fun well, we're
0: i and we at the both gentlemen are happy to have you with us and thank you, you know we're going to be with you
1: over the next months as we go uh weekly podcasts oh my god absolutely i know it's a it's a bit of a scary commitment will people listen i do hope so well, i think they will i think they i'm will. sure i'm sure they shall
0: well hopefully there'll be a bit, a bit more than just uh most people talking about though we are talking about style today it's not just about style it's about everything absolutely
1: all of the the, the things that make a a, a a rounded gentleman much more than just the clothes you wear or the other things you buy
0: yeah and i think what as you as you the listeners and we the uh, the the coasts of the the podcast will happen you'll discover that we know uh, a bit but we're out there asking you for your opinions and your
1: thoughts and your interaction as much as anything else Absolutely. So what's the best way for people to get in touch if they if they have comments to make on?
0: on uh, well, absolutely through any of our social media channels. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and or you can email us at inquiries at the Or if you're listening to us, uh, you can drop a little note in the review columns and uh, we will get back to you.
1: Great stuff. I really like to hear from people and, and, and get their thoughts on what we're talking about.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to have regular sections every week um mm-hmm. and over the course of the next month. So uh the first section of the first podcast we're going to talk a little gentlemanly
1: news. Yes, indeed. So so there's a, a really interesting article that you that, that you pinged over to me uh, a couple of days ago um from the from the from, from the Independent on the 27th about why the English say sorry. <laughs> and I'm I, I'm sorry to bring this up Zach, but you know you you did raise it. So Why do the English say sorry? We just do, don't we? I mean, is it politeness? We
0: apologise from everything. So we apologise from sort of bumping into someone that we were bumping into already and we've said sorry to them. Yes. Um, sorry for uh, not getting them a cup of tea. or It's just we say it so many times all through the day. I can't even count the number of times I no. say sorry.
1: Well, apparently the, the, the research mentioned in this article did say that we say, t- so say sorry roughly one and a half times more than an American would do. So for every ten times an American would, would would say sorry, we'd say it fifteen, and that actually seems low to me. I think they didn't they didn't come around us, did they? I was, no, am not Apologising no, all the no. time, and, and and I'm 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 sorry they didn't really, but uh, hey, see what I did there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting, and this is one of the things I think that comes from that article, is you know the the wider sense of of what sorry means. So sorry meaning more than just an apology. Hmm but being an, an, an expression of sorrow or of grief or of sympathy. Because that's something that's tripped me up before. I had this with um, a, a friend of mine a little while ago who, who had a, um, a pet die. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, 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 and she was, was European. She was generally, per, genuinely perplexed as to why I'd be sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, as in, I'm, I'm sorry you're unhappy that, that you feel bad, so I feel bad. I'm expressing sympathy and and it was she was she was confused at first sorry it's, it's it's more than just a just a an apology for having done something or acknowledgement that that i've made a mistake it's it's a little way of saying i i feel what you feel
0: yeah i, I think it's one of those um great things where it's it's not only a, a an emotional word uh, and a uh, apologetic word, but it's kind of a almost like a catchall word. It's an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, it, it gets you in a position to do stuff as well. So you uh, you know as we always apologise for the London transport.
1: Yes, well that 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 does raise a, a slightly potentially sneaky, but 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 a useful technique. Um, obviously in my, in my day job and, and, and you and yours Zach, you know we, we do a lot of, of presenting and, of, and of facilitating and talking to groups and often brand new groups, and building a rapport is is, is hard you 've got to do that quite quickly with a, with, with a lot of people mm. and so one of the ways I do and, and, and I know you do as well is apologize for something at the beginning, especially something that 's beyond your control, so apologizing for, the, for for the tube delay or apologizing for the rain. Um, it doesn't have to be an effusive apology. It doesn't have to be... be go, go, go overboard with it, but just... I'm, I understand you had a, a, a difficult journey in this morning. I'm really sorry about that. Um, hopefully, you know, it's, it, it's not going to affect the day too badly. And just that simple act of apologising for something that is beyond your control helps build trust.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, as the article said that we discussed... Mm-hmm. The psychologists, Harvard, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> they said that uh, someone asked to borrow a f- mobile phone, mm. and in 9% of the cases, when he asked straight outright, he only succeeded. But when he said sorry about the weather, he succeeded 47% of the time. And that's, that's, that's a massive difference. That's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. But my underlying point for this mm. is not just it's about sorry, it is good manners, Absolutely. Yes. You know, you've got to say sorry and polite, and be polite about things, mm-hmm. and acknowledge people. Yes, That's a good icebreaker.
1: Absolutely. So, what else came up in the news then, Zach?
0: Well, I have to say, I am. I, um, I caught this article, and it, and it just mm-hmm. tickled me in no end. Oh yes. Um, well, the actor Christoph Foltz. Ah yes, Blofeld himself. Blofeld himself from the new Bonds and. and mm-hmm. A great actor, a European actor, intelligent and funny mm-hmm. and stylish man, um, and he talks about the the rise of the dude and how he bemoans this rise and chivalry. Um, I yes. c- you couldn't get a greater
1: more example of gentlemanly conduct. Oh. No, no, he's, he's he's talking our language. He is talking our language. Yeah, it, it is an interesting article, and I think one of the things that came out from that for me is when he talks about uh the importance of 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 subtlety and of lack of ostentation it can seem easy to 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 crow and to shout and to brag about about your accomplishments or your your belongings or what you've done but generally that that turns people off um that doesn't do you favors in the in in, in the long run if you look at it, it's sort of the 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 massive amounts of of, of braggadocio from guys like I don't like Kanye West say you know people are very happy to 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 see him fall um for someone like 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 Christoph Waltz a much more uh refined and and understated approach to life Mm. everybody likes him of course yeah,
0: and, and he does. He has a speak our language quite completely, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he
1: does. He does. Well, one of the things that was interesting was where he was talking about, about watches, hmm. because that's a bit of a, not a bugbear of mine, but I, I like watches, but I really dislike the large, chunky, overbuilt, overengineered, three, four centimeter deep watches that a lot of men wear and that are advertised and pushed to a lot of men. Um, I can understand the need for those if you are, you know, piloting a yacht or flying a biplane. But as Mr. Walt says in that article, you, know, you don't really need a watch most of the time. You can look out of the window and probably tell the time. If you're in a city, you can find a church spire. If you've got your telephone, you can you can look at that. But a more understated, more subtle watch, it just looks, to me, so much better.
0: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree mm-hmm. with you. I, I, I don't. I don't have big watches at all. I don't yeah. own a big watch. I don't I, I find them clunky. Yes. And and, and and it and it sort of it's one of those things that's ostentation isn't it? It draws your attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um and and it, and it sort of highlights that rather than the rest of your outfit. You yes. Know, if you if you're, if you're wearing a stylish set of clothing it, it should just be enough mm-hmm. to, and people will notice you know, yes, you can have some affectations and we will talk about those, I'm sure, yes, in the course of the, <laughs> the the next few weeks and months. Um but but it should be that just subtleness that it should be stylish and effortless. I think that's the kind of thing that we really as we say we we, we talk about all the time here, but also what yep. we, we think that you know Christoph Waltz agrees with us.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I think I think so. I mean as as he says, you know, his approach to style is that it wouldn't be style if he talked about it. The rest yes. is fashion. He's not into it. Fantastic. I love that. I love that. Yes, indeed. And we'll come on to that a little bit more in a later section. So what else has caught your eye, James? Well, another thing was, was, was an article in, uh, from Alfred Tong in The Telegraph. Um, he was he was responding to another article in in Vogue, saying that the, that the suit is on its way out, or, or asking, you know, is it time for the suit to be retired and to go away? And uh, oh God, and I, oh, I'm I having know. palpitations. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I'm I'm sat at the moment in my uh, in my study, which is also where my wardrobe uh, resides, and it's full of suits, a bit over full of suits. I'm not getting rid of them. No. Um, no. No, Alfred Tunnell I'll, I'll Telegraph. He was he pointed out um, quite sensibly, you know, the 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 suit has been around for at least three hundred and fifty years, and it's it's refined itself up to sort of the 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 early part really of the of the or the the, the middle of the of the nineteenth century into this idea of an item that is cut from one type of material, it, both trousers and, and jacket or coat that. That's fit to your form, and there are all sorts of changes you know in, in variations in lapel size in the button number of buttons um, proportion things like that that changes over time, but actually the idea of of a suit as a as a standard um, mode of dress isn't going anywhere i don 't think no uh, no it doesn't no.
0: I, I mean it's that old adage uh, that we see reported across social media all the time, mm. and and I have to
1: say I agree with you know. A suit makes men look good. It does. It does. You know, it's, it's really easy, I think, to, to look at um, all of the other options we have. And, you know, men now have, have more options than any other to, to wear. In fact, another interesting article that was an interview in, in GQ with, with Patrick Grant from, um, from Norton and Sons Taylor and also Touts fashion design, he thinks the 2010s are the most stylish decade going. I might take some issues with that, but I think certainly there's more options for men at this yes. point. And that means we don't perhaps don't wear a suit every day. and We don't wear a suit for every occasion. But for those occasions that require it, nothing looks as good as a suit. No, absolutely um, nothing. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you, when you read the, 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 the Vogue article, it was, a, it was a guy called uh, Diego Hades who who wrote that. And he made some... Some points that people were were playing with suits and changing the way they were made and designs, experimenting, and it was quite funny because he talked about oh, new designers doing things with sportswear, and he gave this example of raglan sleeves. <laughs> which for those who don't know, a raglan sleeve is, is is one that basically starts up at the at the collar where it doesn't the sleeve doesn't uh, join at the shoulder. It's a it's a single a single piece, um, and that was. That was all the rage in the nineteen twenties, the mid-1920s, with with polo coats. Mm. Um so the, the the guys who were who were playing polo in the UK and in, in the US, between between truckers, between between bouts of polo, they would they would throw on these um sort of dressing gown like overcoats. And that was something that kept them warm. And then because they were experimenting and playing and and, and doing all the things these designers are being talked about now in vogue, they started wearing them out around town and taking their sports way into their their formal way and the suit survived that in the 1920s i 'm sure it 'll survive this now in the in, in the 2010s
0: no, I, I I totally agree with you and I, I yep. have this umbrage of of, of uh, against people and they mentioned it in the article about the zuckerbergian mm-hmm. insistence yeah. of dressing. Um, yes, the same every day in t-shirts, hoodies, and jeans. Uh, and oh, I don't have time to think about that. Well, mm. I, I think that you need to think about what you wear. It, it's an expression yes. of you. you yes, know, it is. It is who you are. It's what you do. It's what you say about yourself. It's how you come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this uh, uh, in another section, and mm-hmm. if not today, um, certainly in the few weeks to come about how our sort of animalistic, our limbic brain works. Um,
1: and when we see people dressed in a certain way, we assume certain things about them, and we can't help that. We'll come back to that point about, about, about choosing how to dress. Um, but for me, for example, I, you know, if, I, if I'm, if I'm travelling and, I'm, and I'm, I'm working long hours and I'm with a, with, with a new client and I'm getting in the office at 7 and I'm not getting out till 9 at night, I want to feel comfortable that I look good. And I also don't have time to make decisions in the morning about what I dress, so I make all my decisions beforehand.
2: Yeah,
1: you know I can still be just as just as efficient and take a, and, and take that decision making away, but still don't need to wear, you know, hoodies and, and flip flops.
0: So we are totally in agreement with you, Splendid Jolly good that, that uh, the suit is not dead, nor shall it yep. die. Indeed, and, and he as he points out, I just uh, that uh, would you see David Bowie in a tracksuit?
1: Well, no, no, you would not.
0: No, no, no. Maybe I'll an talk. ostentatious suit, maybe, but not
1: Perhaps, a yes,
0: yes. Our wonderful partners the Cravat Club provide luxury silk cravats, scarves, and pocket squares. Designed and handcrafted in England. So complement your style with a touch of sartorial elegance with these 100% silk cravats, scarves, and pocket squares, which are an ideal addition to evening or daywear for a sharp and refined look for the distinguished gentleman head on over to their website www.cravat-club.com to grab yours now so that's it for, it, it for the news then what are we what are we on to
1: next
0: well let's uh, crack on with our regular stylish gentleman section
1: splendid well that, that that leads on then pretty well from from what we were talking about there um about that difference between fashion and style. Mm. So this is a, a, a thorny one. What are your thoughts? As you well know, <laughs> I
0: am all for style over fashion. Um, yes. I think fashion is that fashion is fleeting um, and yes. style is, is eternal. A uh, yes. line that's Coco Chanel has purported to have said, but mm. many people have said in other different ways. And I think that's true. I mean, style is that thing where it looks effortless. Yes, it should be uh, simple, effective, mm-hmm. and effortless. Yes. You know, why do guys look good in suits? Why do guys look good in blazers and and, mm-hmm. and trousers? Why you know, because it's it works. It's simple. It's tried and tested and fits most people.
1: Yes. And there are there are fashions in traditional menswear. Um but they run in twenty, thirty year cycles, not Annual or, 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 or seasonal. Hmm. You know, if you think about the the basics of of style, it's it's to do with with fit hmm. and, and proportion, um, color, texture, all important things. The environment, the climate you're going to be wearing it in, and and the occasion you're going to be wearing it for. You don't want to wear your your suit to go to the gym, and you don't want to wear your gym clothes to go to the opera. Fashion is as as a as a business. Um, it relies on on frequent changes. And it relies on on novelty to make its money and to, and, and to drive sales. And whereas, you know, doing things in a new way or having fun experimenting with stuff is, is great. Often what I see, you know, people wearing fashionable clothing that just doesn't suit them. One of the main bugbears i've had for a while is what i call um sometimes called urchin suits um or or these these skinny sorry i shouldn't laugh. yes <laughs> well it, it is it, it 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 looks like you you're wearing a hand-me-down suit it was uh heady at um i think at it, it, it dior who, who who first really pushed these but they're the sort of skinny short suit that that's become very, very fashionable. It's carried over into, into jeans, into odd jackets, sports coats, things like that. What my tailor calls a bum freezer jacket. <laughs> the ones that, 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 that just cut around somewhere like a bolero jacket. You know, if you're a guy in fantastic shape, if, you, if you've got a, a really good physique, you know the, the likes of of the, of the fashion models that you would see wearing them, then it doesn't look too terrible. But for most of us,
0: no. Yeah, I, I couldn't see you or I wearing one. James. No,
1: no, I, that, that,
0: that wouldn't work for me. No, it um, wouldn't work for me. But I agree. And, and I, I I think what's what's happening now, though, is is guys are being driven more and more by fashion. Previously, we, we kind of ignored it. Yes. <laughs> you know, if, yes. If you look at your grandparents, your grandfather would be dressed the same as he'd been dressed for 20 years. He's not changed yes. his his appearance. Whereas you know, guys now are, are are much more driven by fashion and what's hot and what's not, and companies like Intertek, which is the company that owns Zara and Massimo yep. Dutti and and all these guys, yep. with their hot fast turnarounds, they're driving <clears throat>
1: guys as well now to be that fashion-led yes clothes source absolutely, and 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 that leads to a you know a, a few issues. We we can talk about the the social issues of you know, fast fashion and disposable fashion and what that means both for um, the, the the people who are quite often exploited making it and what that means for people who um, are in the, the traditional crafts and the, and, and the traditional makers and industries in other you know, countries mm-hmm. and how they suffer. And also there's quite a bit of interesting research that shows that this way of, of fast cycling through clothing leads to a lot of um, secondhand clothing of dubious quality, entering the, the the through through the charity sector and things like that, being flooded into markets in in, in developing markets in places like Africa and, and parts of Central Asia, which in turn damages their indigenous clothing markets. So you buy your 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 cheap five pound t shirt, wear it five or six times it gets a bit shapeless you've washed it in you know four times and it, it no longer the color is no longer right and being the good sort of chap that you are you, you drop it in a in a recycling box or, or, or take it to one of the uh, the charity shops or the goodwill stores that gets plucked out because it's not great quality bundled up and sent as part of a package off to to be sold at a market in somewhere like west africa and that means that a person who would have had a job Making a T-shirt or making an item of clothing for that home market, no longer has it. Interesting. I it mean, is.
0: I, I, I mm. hadn't thought about that. I mean, I I know about, you know, the the exploitative practices yes. of of fast yeah. fashion, but I, that was an interesting – That I haven't thought about. I mm. it's, it's, Thank it's, you it's for
1: enlightening a, me on that. No point. problem. It's it's an interesting thing. But for me, I think one of the one of the best the best people to read or to or who's talked about this is yeah, Bruce Bruce Boyer. Who was? It yes. was a, a long-term um, fashion journalist, and he his his idea of um, clothes are something that you that you have rather than things that you that you buy. So the idea is hmm. you build you build a wardrobe, you build a personal style, you build things that you're comfortable with, rather than just buying what's new and what's fresh for the sake of buying it. When you learn to understand what looks good on you, what those those basics of, of fit, proportion, color, texture. If you can get that, you don't need to buy clothes every season. Mm, no, you buy once and enjoy it for many, many years, and still look really, really good, and much better than a, you know, someone like a a a, a tubby man like me trying to squeeze himself into a an urchin suit with a bum freezer jacket. It's <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's 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 never going to be a good look. The other thing is, which we we will talk about over the course of the next. Uh, A few weeks and months and and years as this podcast goes on I'm sure is that thing about giving some information to guys so they understand what it is that suits them. Of course. I think that's the for me and certainly for 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 what we do Mm -hmm. most men have no clue what what fits them, what looks good on them. You know, the, uh, the amount of guys I speak to who talk about fashion or style and they go, mm-hmm. oh, my wife buys that or my girlfriend goes yep. shopping with me or I yep. just order it online or, you know, yep. they don't – they have no thought about these things and part of that's education. Yep. And we hopefully will do some stuff with some fantastic people out there who are trying to educate um, the male population of the world um, mm-hmm. and we'll shout out to them I'm sure over the course of the next few weeks and months mm-hmm. like women are educated about what looks good on them and what works for them and what fits Absolutely. them so they don't go out and buy a bum freezer jacket or yes. um, or or as my other favorite one at the moment it's the other one which mm-hmm. I really like is single breasted suits that guys insist on doing up and oh, then it, and then yes. it's pull and it's too tight and then yes. it pulls and the whole shape of the jacket's off and it makes them look like they're, you know, they've eaten too many puddings.
1: Even, does, if they, it, even if they're not big guys. Never button the bottom button on your, on your suit jacket unless you've got a paddock coat that's specially designed for it. Leave the bottom button undone because you want to have a V, that, that, that broad shoulder, narrow waist. Even someone like me, who's, who's, who's much more of a block than a V, that's what your suit will do. It'll give you that, that idealised physique.
0: There's the single button ones that they they force to do up. That, yes. Oh, I yes. just kind of look at them and go, please undo it. Anyway. So back back to our fashion versus style debate. We are all for style and, and less so for fashion, I would
1: say. Indeed. Clothing, clothing should be fun. You should enjoy it. It should bring you, bring you joy and, and be something that you, that you get delight from. But, but don't, don't be tricked into buying things by by logos or just because um, some fashion designer said this is what you should wear this this season, wear what suits you and what looks good.
0: Well, um, thank you, James. And uh, we are now going to sort of hand over to our grooming expert uh, for our grooming section. And uh, we shall be back with you shortly. Welcome to the Groomed Gentleman section of our podcast. I'm Zach Falcon of Arfield standing in for our grooming experts this month. Uh, Today we're going to talk about hair, mad March hair. No, just some top tips to put a spring back into your hair follicles and hair life. So let's start with the scalp. We tend to forget that there's a patch of skin underneath our head of hair that needs its own due care and attention. So let's give the top tip is to exfoliate. Yes, exfoliate the skin on your head. You can use any product you like. There's specific ones for the head of hair, or you can get just general face one. It'll be soft enough for the head of hair. Um, Exfoliate twice a week. It gets rid of the dead, dead skin cells, and it revitalizes your head of hair. But remember to do it before you shampoo. The next thing we're going to talk about is actually washing your hair. We'll talk about products in another podcast, but you shouldn't wash your hair every day, unless, of course you have uh, very greasy or a lot of product in your hair on a daily basis. What you should do is wash your hair about two to three times a week and in between that you should rinse your hair out just with water as you normally would do. So that's the washing tip. The other top tip about washing your hair is you should condition your hair. So you should get a shampoo and a conditioner and use both. Uh, Get a good shampoo and conditioner that work well with your head of hair. Drying your hair. Most people rub the hair with a towel, and that's actually not so good with the hair and the strengthening of the hair and hair follicles themselves. So what you should do is pat your hair dry. I know that sounds slightly strange, but it is the best way to treat your hair well. Then if you need to blow dry your hair, you shouldn't do it on a really high hot setting and you should do it on a slightly cooler or cold setting and it will dry your hair equally as well and not cause damage to the hair itself. Our last top tip is about haircuts and barbers. If you think your hair needs a haircut, it's generally too late. We recommend between three to four weeks uh, between each haircut, it will keep your hair looking trim and neat and top top condition. Also find yourself a really good barber. Now that takes some effort and a little bit of work. You need to find someone that works with you, that you like, that you understands your style and is a perfect fit for not only your hair but what image you wish to project. That's about it for us for top tips for our grooming gentleman section. You can find more in the magazine and on our videos. Our partners, Hawes and Curtis, are a British brand with more than 100 years of heritage and tailoring. In 1913, Ralph Hawes and George Frederick Curtis opened their first store in London's Piccadilly Arcade at the corner of German Street, renowned for its resident shirtmakers. From the beginning, Hawes & Curtis attracted famous clientele, including the Duke of Windsor, Cary Grant and Fred Astaire. Dapper gentlemen all. As a result of Hawes & Curtis' commitment to impeccable service and product excellence, the brand has been awarded four royal warrants. Today, Hawes & Curtis offers extensive menswear and womenswear collections, providing customers with complete looks for a whole variety of occasions. Please head over to their website, www.hawesandcurtis.co.uk.
1: I'm trying to hold on to, to my head. It's slowly receding backwards, but hopefully not much further. So what's, what's the next section for the podcast?
0: Well, we're going to do a regular interview. Part of it is in the magazine that you would have hopefully picked up by now. Uh, it's a digital magazine. You can find it at www.theperfectgentleman.tv. Great. But we're now going over to the audio part of the interview, and uh, we shall go from here, and let's go to a Gentleman Talks. Hello and welcome to A Gentleman Talks, our one-to-one series of interviews where we interview ladies and gentlemen about their life, their work and their inspiration, all within our framework of making the world a more respectful, stylish and gentlemanly place. I am honoured. to Have Jane Mallion with us today. Thank you. Hello, Jane. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm marvellous. You're marvellous. I, I assumed you would be. I assumed you would be. So, for those people who don't know you, yes. which must be a very few now. <laughs> Uh, Tell me a little bit about you and what you do and, and sort of where you are now.
2: Right. Well, my world changed upside down about two years ago. Up to that point, I'd been a director of a catering and event company, which my husband runs. But predominantly, I'd been a coach helping people to get on better. Communication skills, rapport skills, and in particular, parents with very stroppy teenagers. Uh, And I give them every sympathy. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I was doing, trying to get people to be nice to each other and I wrote a book called Play Nicely, and, and you know I kind of believe that uh, if we can be in rapport, uh, and maybe over a cup of tea at the same time, then we can put quite a lot to write in the world. But two years ago, I met an elderly lady who told me very sadly that she used to go every year to the Savoy for afternoon tea, and it was her big pleasure. And she'd become too frail to make the journey and she was quite forlorn about this and I shed her sadness I thought that would be a terrible thing to know that that moment had come and it just made me think could The Savoy could the afternoon tea go to her and so I set up the English cream tea company uh, To create that happening with chilled hamper boxes that go all over the country
0: Fabulous, I love it. Thank I you. It, it <laughs> is joy uh, I have a question to ask you, but I'm going to ask that later in right. the interview, because I know I know your answer, but we'll, we'll come back to that. So, um, to paraphrase Mary Poppins, Yes. let's start at the very beginning, oh. because it's a very good place to start. <laughs> Where were you born and raised, and what was your earliest influences?
2: Wow. Uh, I was born in Enfield or Edmonton in London, and I was raised in Chigwell. Okay. Which wasn't like that then. <laughs> it was quite leafy and fields and such like. It's changed a bit along the way. So I was brought up in Chigwell and introduced to my then uh, not husband, but is now, when we were in the Prams. So our parents knew each other. Okay. Uh, and I had a wonderful and idyllic upbringing, I like to think, uh, with a bit of boarding school in the middle of it. A bit of boarding school in the middle of it. Yes. you didn't like the boarding school? Um, it was all right, but it does change. I was nine. That's quite young. That's quite young. Yeah, it's quite young. Um, but I was still mischievous. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, I know it's hard to believe. It's hard to. It's really hard to believe. <laughs> what was what your number one mischief when you when you were that uh, talking too much and talking at the wrong times and talking all through the night? Oh,
0: really... Predominantly
2: around talking.
0: Predominantly around talking. Yes. Mm, okay. Well, we only have an hour, so let's. Not... <laughs> I'd like to run on, but we we only have an hour. Um, So what what were your early influences in life? You know, who was your heroes? Who were your inspirations? My
2: brother was my hero then um, and was one of my looker afterers. He was a fantastically caretaking brother, only 18 months older than me, but took on that role, and I was with my cousins. So there were two boys, um, my cousins and my brother, and so we were a gang of four, and all I wanted to do was be one of them. Okay, and why, why was he? Um, that just it was instilled in them. And I think they all have nurturing in them. And they had the terrible trouble of trying to stop me falling in the river. Fail. Stop me falling <laughs> out of the tree. Fail. And, um, you know, if there was a hole, I'd fall in it. It was uh, classic.
0: OK, OK. And what else? What, are, what other influences were, were happening on um, you and
2: then? my auntie and granny played the piano and i would sit for hours at the top end of the piano watching and trying to copy and now i really love playing the piano so that's a joy and um parties and celebrations i wanted every day to be a party i wanted every day all the friends and relatives to come round uh, and just to be with people that was my joy people getting on well together and having fun together
0: okay and and what um Do we sort of always dressing up then? Was it always like, I will get the tea set out, I will dress up?
2: A a little bit like that, but it was even more about the people. I just, the ambience of um, just the hubbub that would be going on, and for Christmas there'd be 32 of us. And uh, that's been a joy. Uh, It doesn't happen now, we're down to, you know, a a motley crew, but uh, that is one of the biggest things of childhood. All the presents, um, because if 32 people are giving 32 presents, that's a lot it's of pretties, yes. <laughs> so th- those were my most joyous moments
0: okay and, and now you sort of say do you do you miss it now because you said that that's not the yes. same or do you want do would you like a, a large I, brood I went at Christmas? to
2: therapy over Christmas oh really yes because it became such an out of um, out of the ordinary thing for me I couldn't create the childhood Christmases again and I kept trying to do so you know inviting anybody would you like to come for Christmas what about you you know and I had to kind of get it back into proportion you can't go back and recreate something from the past um, so I had to kind of, come on, turn it down from 10 out of 10 to at least 8 out of 10. But having said that, our house is Christmas all year round. We have, uh, there are Christmas stockings up right now and it's summer. And Um. uh, yes, there are crackers there all year round. And guests, children that come, I've got god children and all sorts. And so they pull a cracker and uh, we've got a, a couple of Christmas trees up all year round and fairy lights and...
0: I, I, I go, Shall I go back to therapy? No, no, no. Why? 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 Because you want to want that
2: all the year round? It's or? the feeling. It's okay. how special it is. How, how you can make somebody feel indulged and special and looked after. I like and that. I mean, not in a we're not spending hundreds of pounds on this. Mm. These are minor little uh, costs. But um, I think treats. I think my life is about treats for people. Pleasure. Yes.
0: Pleasure? I get a pleasure? Yes. It's about pleasure for I, you. And
2: not too much. So I take each of the godchildren uh, to Harrods for afternoon tea or to the Ritz or just once. But we do that and we, you know, just everybody's got to have treats and special bits. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. <laughs> I, I like
0: that. I like that. I think what's interesting is I think, that, I mean, for me, I have a very small family and Christmas was never that big a deal. I mean, it was, as a kid, it's always a big deal because you have yes. presents. But um, as we grow older, it's never been that big a deal. But now it's become more of a deal, I think because, excuse me, sorry, uh, because um, I, we get lots of other people coming. So it's not just, it's nice. not our family. We tend to have waifs and strays or, yes. um, you know, friends of my mother's have come because their kids are off their respective in-laws or they're Lovely. not there. And, we get, we, uh, and now it's become a thing. Lovely. So I like being at yes. home for Christmas, whereas previously I would, I would run to a sunny climb. Ah. for Christmas because it was like there was only f- my brother and my, myself yes. and my mum and my stepfather and that was kind of about it, you know, it yes. was a big big family deal.
2: No, so. I like it when other people are around because we behave better. Do you, behave, do you not behave well then when other people aren't around? Uh, I do, but it, you get sharper, you get, you know, on your very best behaviour. I suppose uh, that's true. Little squabbles tend to go out of the window uh, because we're intent on playing nicely.
0: Uh, very good, very good. <laughs> so we went to school, we went to boarding yes. school, which we'll, we yes. will we'll move
2: on from rapidly. <laughs> so what happened after that? Did you go to university? I wasn't allowed to. But, uh, why not? My parents, I mean, we're thinking almost Victorian. I am 3,000 years old. And uh, <laughs> they said, no, not for girls. My brother was allowed to go. No. What, so what did you I do? know, when I tell the next generation, they can't believe it. Um, I was encouraged to go to secretarial um, school All right. and my father said the immortal words you could be a secretary to someone important <laughs> <laughs> so and he
0: made him eat them ever since. <laughs> well he's
2: passed away oh, but I like to think he's watching and going, maybe, maybe university wouldn't have been so bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, might have, it might have done something else with it
2: so, okay, did you
0: go to Secretarial College? I did. I, you... did. Oh, I can do
2: shorthand and typing like a gooden. Like a good'n. What's like your a... words per minute? Uh, it was 120, 140. I was really quite speedy. That's good. What, yes. are you, what are you down to now? Oh, I can write it really fast. but I can't read it back so well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Doctor's handwriting, not yes, like mine. Yes, it oh, okay. is.
2: So actually, I've you know lurched into a kind of um, mix of longhand and shorthand. But the, but the typing, how fast? Uh, typing's pretty good too. Yeah, still. Yes, yeah, about a hundred, I would think. Yes, They're still up there. Yes. Yeah, okay, up we're going to test have to take you later. the piano and so you. Can yeah, you still do it. You yes. know, I, I,
0: I, people are surprised because I can, I can touch type. I like that. And, um, and I, I sort of do about eighty between seventy and eighty words a minute. That's in really good. And uh, everyone goes, well, "How did you do that?" I said, "I learned." <sighs> I went off and found a program and did you good?
2: But I text like a dinosaur. Really? Yes, I'm reduced to rubble with texting. Why? Uh, because I, I can't touch type and I just uh, 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 uh and uh, Oh
0: yeah. Uh. It's, it's, I, 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 my problem is that I text unless I, this was, I generally text full things so I don't I don't yes. use text speak. Oh right. So because uh, I'm ab, I find it abhorrent. But um, <laughs> but you know I text full messages and then people go. We well, you could have just said, thanks.
2: And <laughs> like, not, uh, not even THX. No, 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 really,
0: I do, I do, yes. d- d- thank you very much. You know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and, they, and they were, oh, no, when are you not going to go move with the times? Like,
2: yeah. This is the burden of manners.
0: It is the burden of manners. It is the burden of manners. <laughs> but it's a good thing to have. Yes. It's a good thing to have. So we went to secretarial college. Yes. Did you have fun?
2: I have fun in everything I do.
0: I bet. But well okay, was it good was there was it a really good time or was it you know was it was okay? It was okay. It was okay. And then what, okay. what happened afterwards? Um, Did you become Secretary to oh, I sort
2: of did, yes. I went and became the assistant to um, um, Ray Cooney as a theatre impresario. I know Ray Cooney. Well, I worked for Ray Cooney's company for a few years, and I worked for a chap called Brian Ricks, mm-hmm. who was a famous actor and uh, and some other famous people. And um, so we were lovies working You're in, love- yes, ah, in I the theatres. So,
0: uh, there we have something else in common. Do I, we? Yeah, You're no, a bit would, of a lovey? I went to drama school.
2: Oh. You are a lovey. I went
0: to drama school. Did yes. some, I loved the acting? Loved the stage. Yes. Wanted to be an actor. Foolishly, I always say, and uh, and uh, yeah, really did. Loved yes. It very much.
2: Excellent. It's quite an interesting world.
0: It's a very interesting world. It's yes. a very interesting
2: world. Our, our director here,
0: um, we have we have long conversations about drama school and uh, and all sorts of other things. But uh, yeah, that's no, a great interest world. So we we. Did you meet your husband? Back? Did you meet your husband outside of the pram at this point?
2: Uh, yes, I mean we always knew of each other's families. Yes, and my mother kept trying to um, get me round there on false pretences, <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't happening. But in fact, on our own accord. It happened. Well, yes. we'll come back to that. We'll come <laughs> back to that.
0: So, um, so okay, we, we, we did we did we worked in the Lovey World, which we is did. fabulous. Yes. Then what happened? What happened next?
2: Uh, well, Lovey World isn't terribly well paid.
0: Very sadly true.
2: Yes. Um, and in fact, I might even have been made redundant, but it, it, yes, I think I had 26 pounds a week. It didn't go terribly far. So then I became a sales manager for a company called Luncheon Vouchers. Have you heard of I, them?
0: I do. I remember us having to take them at the family restaurant.
2: Yes. And so i travelled all around London doing that. And then... In my capacity in sort of um, sales and marketing, I would eat really bad buffet lunches put on for us at uh, business events. And I'd go home to my husband. I'd go, oh, it was another, you know, plastic ham, bought coleslaw, black forest Gatto and blackcurrant cheesecake affair, very dull and nothing homemade at all. And um, it sparked an idea about running our own catering company. Ah, mm-hmm. is that where it
0: started? Then that's... What happened? Is that where Yes, great
2: it is. But my husband was already in catering uh, and um, so we just decided we'd, we'd go and we'd risk everything except the house. Yeah. Well, that's probably a wise thing yes. to do. Um, Came close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As an entrepreneur, I think you always do. Yes. <laughs> As you always do. So um, you say your husband was in catering. Yes. Was he a restaurant or was he a uh, commercial catering?
2: Um, he was running a city restaurant in London and the advantage of that is it's lunchtime. Mm. Uh, most catering well, jobs are very antisocial, but his wasn't so he'd come home and then cook the catering food Which I would then go and deal with the next day, so that's how we started off Oh, Okay, excellent, what, which city restaurant? Um, it was called the Mitre Club. I know of it. Cree Church Lane. I know of it. Oh yeah. I'm a Londoner born and bred. So oh, I'm, right. right. I'm, I'm, I'm around there. Him. We are
0: and my family had restaurants. So I really? Grew up in restaurant, yeah, But <sighs> yeah, well,
2: he grew up in a hotel Right. So, um, got the got the bug.
0: Yeah. So it was well, very funny because my wife and I sit there, and uh, I, in fact, tomorrow I am helping my mother out. We're catering, doing a hundred covers oh. Friday and hundred covers Saturday. Are you really? Yeah. And um, and we're uh,
2: short staffed for Saturday at our wedding, the one we're catering. do you want to pop round. <laughs> That's very
0: absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Very happy to. At least you could do. Yeah, and, and my wife, is. Uh, her first degree was catering, and she used to do commercial catering. And everyone, we do food and all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. And then people go, you should start a restaurant or a catering company. And yes. I, go, I look at them and just go, my family had two. I never want to open yes. a restaurant. Yes, it's again. tough. It's a hard gig. It's, it's a hard
2: gig. Long hours, quite grueling. Yes. Yeah, I
0: mean, I love cooking. I adore cooking. I still love cooking. But, but uh, what
2: would you cook if I came round? Depends what you like. I'd ask Ooh. you what you like. What oh. do you like? What would
0: you like to be cooked? What's your favorite thing? Well, what's your favorite thing to be cooked?
2: And then, what's your favorite thing to cook? All right. Um, probably Italian food. To risotto. Hmm. Okay. Something on those lines, but I also like to I like to improvise, which my husband hates. My husband doesn't eat much of my food because I go to the fridge, and I get out you know nine ingredients, and then I have a lovely, jolly time uh, throwing it all together. That's the process is the enjoyment, you see. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but he's more precise than that. It's yes.
0: going to be <laughs> right, I get it I get it. So what's go what, on? So what's your, what's your favorite dish? What was your favorite well, dish?
2: Do you know if I had only one meal left on Earth, it would actually be boiled egg. With Tasted really? soldiers,
0: uh, that's not a bad thing at all. Yes, I think it's very good. but
2: you know, if we were looking elsewhere, it might be lobster thermidor. Lobster thermidor, it might be. Oh, very good. But I kept a pet lobster. You can get th- them in marine lobsters in tanks, and he was so charming. It's rather made me feel guilty about the whole thing.
0: Until you had, until you, until you had another one. <laughs> 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 uh, a, a very long time ago, an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, and I were having dinner, and she loved lobster. and And she picked the lobster, you know, from the yes, tank, as you do. Classic. And, and uh, it was a nice restaurant, so they presented the lobster uh, and to her. Unfortunately, the lobster was still a little sparky, and it leapt off the plate. Oh, that they no. presented to her And onto the table, <gasps> and went towards her. Oh, that'll put you so, off. No, it didn't. <laughs> she, oh, she, she ate was, it like, anyway. Kill him. <laughs> no. Yeah absolutely she had it anyway but but uh, you know everyone running around going oh and the
2: waiters were so apologetic i am like, going it's a live creature what are you gonna do oh well the last one my husband got from the market and it came poor little thing with its elastic bands on its claws and all of that and uh, he did the deed and i was too much of a coward to be around whilst he cooked it you see but anyway i enjoyed it very much and then i went to throw out all the packaging and you know clear up and to my horror absolute horror underneath where the lobster had been in its uh, polystyrene packaging, there was a note that said, We love you, Pinchy. That's a terrible thing to find oh, when you've just God. eaten Pinchy. <laughs> but, but Pinchy <laughs> tasted good. <laughs> <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm going to come back in the next life as a lobster, aren't I?
0: (laughs) But in a good way. way. (laughs)
2: You'll
0: probably be one of those ones that frees all his brethren. (laughs) Oh, dear. So so basically, you started an entrepreneurial career.
2: Yes. Uh, And it soon proved that it had to be that way because I'm too much of a renegade. Really? What makes yes. you say that? Um, I've been to too many interviews and been told it. <laughs> uh, for a start, um, I, I'm just a bit of a Maverick, you know. You say do it grey, and I have to do it orange, and don't touch that, and I have to touch it, and just there's something about me that you know wants to um, prove the unprovable. And so, so my hubby's learnt not to say uh, don't go and do that, you know. So he told me I couldn't parachute. And of course, the next week I'm leaping out of a plane in Kent. <sighs> So, difficult so, so
0: the, the, the trick is to say don't do it and yeah, you make you the do the double bluff the, the double yes bluff.
2: yes don't hoover this house <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes don't go in on holiday
2: <laughs> go on holiday
0: <laughs> dear um, I, I i have i the, the the curse of the modern age is the ability to google
2: ah. and search
0: i think it's a curse as well because you, know, you, you 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 find out stuff about people yes you do i found out something very interesting uh-oh. No, no, I think it's very interesting. Go on. There, there, there is a reason why I find them very interesting. You love Toronto. I do
2: love Toronto. Why do you love Toronto? <laughs>
0: now, there is, I like, I love Canada too. Yes, you do. I do very much. <laughs> so,
2: why Toronto? Well, I have dual citizenship with Canada. When did you get that? Did
0: you work for it? Did you get it? No,
2: I didn't work for it. I got it about 15 to 18 years ago. I'm not very good on dates. Something like that. Uh, I found out that I qualified and so I went for it and then it turned out that both my sons qualified and they went on a gap year trip, fell in love with it and moved there. You see we push over these dominoes and we don't know where they're leading.
0: This is very true. So they both live there now? They
2: live in Toronto. Whereabouts? on uh, Richmond and Spadina.
0: Okay, I know exactly. Right downtown, that. yes. Okay, I know yes. exactly near where Queen it. Street, yes. Very nice, very I nice know. indeed. I love, I, I love Toronto. This is one do you? Of, yes. I do. I, I find it, it's one of those, I love Canada. Yes. I love the Canadian people. Yes. I, I find Canada one of those places that, or Canadians, that they are, they're like um, they're the best of America and Britain well, me- best of Europe and, uh, and yes. America. You know, they have yes. manners and politeness and gentility, and, and they have the American get up and go and joie de vivre that, that sort of...
2: I love it. I, I sometimes go out with friends and that haven't been there before, and a girlfriend and I were on one side of a really busy road, um, four lanes of traffic, and I was pointing to a sort of, I think it was a weaver bird nest, something unusual in a tree opposite. And uh, so she was looking at that, and then we suddenly became aware the traffic was slowing. Now this is a proper, almost like a motorway thing, and the traffic stopped. Now four lanes of traffic stopped. We weren't at a crossing or anything. They cr- stopped because they thought we wanted to cross. Now how long would I have to stand at the North Circular? <laughs> uh, you, 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 you,
0: you, be in your great dotage at that point before someone happen. stopped. It wouldn't happen. No. It uh, is amazing. Yes. It is absolutely amazing. Are we? Um, um, previous existence I was in Toronto with my ex-wife and um, we we're in a bar and they overheard us talking they heard we were English we we, we spoke to this this couple and um, he traveled to England all the time and basically we ended up having dinner with them that night and then they took invited us to their house the wow, next week yes. the next, we were there for a couple of weeks and they invited us to the house for the weekend and we were like going in England, you'd be going run away, run yes, away. There's a catch. There's a catch. You know, serial killers or yes. something. You no, know, they're just being polite. And Aww. just, I love
2: it. It's yes. just,
0: it is one of those bizarre. It's beautiful as well. The countryside is beautiful. Yes. So, it's how great. long have you been going for? How long then?
2: Um, well, they've lived there for about six or seven years, and I've gone three times a year, which is very naughty, isn't it? That's so very, no, it's very It's good. all my weekends saved up. So basically, I work seven days a week when I'm in England. There, there are no days off really. Uh, but my dasics are sa- yes, they're saved up and, um, and put together for times out there.
0: Do you try and go not during the winter or do you like the
2: winter? We like the winter.
0: We like the winter. Like-
2: my husband's very pale very very pale <laughs> he doesn't do sun <laughs> winter's fine
0: so the minus 30 out and out, well, out, yes. out, out of North Toronto near Barry and yes. stuff
2: like that I mean, you have to dress for it of course absolutely yes. and in Toronto they've got path the underground system I know and we're, yeah, we're uh, I suppose we're about 300 yards from the nearest down to path so you have to sort of bundle up and run like crazy and then whew, you're in the warmth so what else do you like about
0: Canada and Toronto what's your sort of what's your sort of Memories of it.
2: Oh, okay. Um, the scenery is epic, not in Toronto itself, but you know, the Rocky Mountains and all of that. Um, I really felt special in Nova Scotia. Uh, and Prince Edward Island. I mean it's going back in time. I know they say that about New Zealand and such like but I think it's going back even more. Um, just the welcome and the homeliness and charm of it was like, uh, amazing. I could have put down roots instantly there. Okay. That was extraordinary. But traveling around Canada, we speak the language, it's, you're likely to be greeted with much welcome and warmth and it's a very foody place. It
0: is a very foodie place, it is a very foodie place. That's that's a hoot. It is a hoot. Interesting, one of the themes of these conversations um, has been uh, travelling and the fact that other people seem to be doing manners better than us Brits.
2: Ah. What do you think about that? I think it's true. Not entirely true, and we have exceptions to it, but as a race I would say most Canadians are very charming. It depends what you call manners. But in terms of looking after other people and putting other people first, hmm. uh, there's a general willingness to do that. Um, and so that, that's very heartwarming to be around. And do you think we're, we're lacking in it here? In the UK? Not, not totally. but And we're so much better in a crisis. You know, give us a bit of trouble and we'll, we'll be marvellous to each other. Or in the Olympics we'll be the best. Um, but after that we lapse again into our stiff upper lip, hide behind the newspaper This. Why do you think that is? Why do I think that is? Um, it may be an ingrained don't get involved thing. But we weren't always like that. No, we weren't.
0: So um, why, why do you think that's become, and especially, especially in the last 20 or 30 years, why, yes. why do you think that's sort of become to the fore? That, that There's that,
2: quite a lot of every man for themselves. There's, uh, my book, tackled the thing of dog eat dog um, and greed is good, you know no actually, no (laughs) Um, so I think we've lapsed and we can lapse and TV and films can encourage that way of thinking Um, and then we need to be encouraged out of it again Um, fear of others um, maybe fear of foreigners and such like not everybody's willing to embrace um, a cosmopolitan society we actually encouraged our children to go to Toronto because it's the biggest melting pot in the whole wide world yeah. 120 languages I think so and they weren't experiencing that here. We live in white Roding, which lives up to its name. Yes, and that's not realistic, so <laughs>
0: So yeah, no, it's interesting. I think I think what's very fascinating is that that you know the outside the UK, yes. Great Britain, we are kind of, the, the image of the British gentleman, the image of British manners, yes. still exists, and yes. it's upheld as this bastion of um, uh, decorum, yes. and, and, and and thoughtfulness, and caring, and all that sort of stuff. And then you come back to Great Britain, and you kind of go, it, you know, it, yeah. there are pockets of it, don't get me wrong, right, no. there, are, there are some adorable people, and some very kind, generous people, but as a, it is so sort of very noticeable. Yes. And I find that a bit sad.
2: Schooling's changed, punishments have changed, and I'm not really saying bring back the king, but I think it will have had an effect that all of that went. Fear of the teachers changed. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> well, that's true. Our George, at the age of three, managed to get expelled. That's pretty good going. It's, it's young for, for expulsion. It's, it's pretty good the going. The youngest I've come across. Yes. So he,
0: he got his mum's rebellious and mischievous traits. Both
2: better. my sons did. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> their fathers better behaved, I think.
0: Did, did, you, did, did your husband going? Yeah, that's that's Jane. <laughs> that's Jane. But
2: <laughs> well, he's put up with quite a lot, yes, because he's more logical and dual and um, and they've been quite interesting and uh, spirited. These You're very ways. proud of each children. I am, actually. And in fact, I, when I say spirited, you know, I kind of mean in quite a lot of trouble at school. In, uh, not in a horrible way. They would never harm someone. But, um, yes, I think humdrum is a bit of a crime.
0: Yes, I agree. <sighs> yes. Humdrum is a bit of a crime.
2: Yes. But it makes for very interesting parents' evenings when they're not that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, yeah, so you're obviously very proud of them. I want yes. to talk a little bit about them because you're very proud of them. What are they doing now?
2: One is uh, working with an international advertising agency in Toronto. So using his creative spirits. <laughs> and using his mouth. It was his mouth that got him into trouble. That's what got him his 28 detentions in one week. Uh, and now he's, he pitches like a fiend and gets lots of business for his, um, his agency. Okay. So, yes, he can put it all to good use now. And, uh, gosh, he's as bright as anything and um, marvellous to be around. I, I treasure the moments I can be with him. Does he have a family? Uh, no, he does have a girlfriend, but at the moment no family.
0: And you're waiting gleefully in the background going, when, when you have he's grandchildren, when I have grandchildren, <laughs> <laughs> this will be revenge.
2: Yeah. Actually, he'll be a great dad. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you'll be, you'll be stirring the pot going. Yes, <laughs> here's some sweeties, just before
2: the dinner. Exactly. Bye-bye. <laughs> Maybe. And the other boy's an actor, which of course means that he's mostly a waiter.
0: Yeah. Yes, you I think I, 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 a separate conversation the, uh, another time. I'll, I yes. will we'll talk about actors and, and uh, yes, in um, one of my other previous lives, I was worked in the film industry, so um, I uh, I know the world well, and um, yes, it's a very challenging world, especially yes, nowadays, to
2: get your foot in the door. Yeah, yes. and most
0: actors, and it's a sort of interesting sidebar, but most actors don't view themselves um, as their own product. Ah. Oh. So that's generally the problem they have. They, they're all sort of, you know, it's, they're acting, but they're selling themselves all the time. Yes. They're a commodity, they're a product. Yes, and They don't view it like that so much,
2: which okay. they should do. All right, I'll take that home and tell them. I'll that.
0: talk to you more later. About okay. Our wonderful partners, the English Cream Tea Company, deliver a fresh take on tradition. The English Cream Tea Company offers quintessentially British gifts. Choose from the freshly prepared afternoon tea hampers to be hand-delivered right to your door throughout mainland UK or select from a range of gift vouchers. There are also postable gifts of award-winning chocolate brownies, tea, delicious shortbread and even cheese-please tuck tins with delicious cheese scones and chutney. After all, the perfect gentleman needs to be able to send the perfect gift, whether it's to say thank you, congratulations, or season's greetings and the english cream tea company supplies that complete with your own personalized gift message who do you know who would not love the gift of afternoon tea so go to the englishcreamtea.com for a charming touch of british indulgence the second part of that interview will be in two weeks time so stay
1: tuned for that Uh, and you can read more about it in the magazine as we said earlier great stuff and if people want to get in touch comment on any of the things we've talked about today or suggest other topics how do they do that
0: um very simply through our social media channels so facebook it's the p gentlemen uh twitter the p gentlemen again um or on instagram again the p gentlemen um they're all the p gentlemen um Mm -hmm. that's there and you can find more details on the website that's www.theperfectgentleman.tv or great. you can drop us an email at inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv and
1: get in touch with us please we'd love to hear from you great so it's it's that's been a lot of fun that was our first podcast that's that's worked well i think phew it's over it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> for now for now yes we'll be back next week indeed um, hopefully you'll join us please do and uh we shall Leave you there, so it's goodbye from
1: me and goodbye from me. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, James. That, that thing about the about the bum, bum freezer jacket. Because mm. um, I had this with with one of the chaps who I was working with quite recently at uh, at, at, a, at a London bank, which which shall remain nameless, and uh, and he'd he'd gone and spent quite a significant amount of money, I think, on, on some, on some suits. Um, and he'd gone, he'd, he'd gone for, you know, he'd, he'd gone to, to Savile Row to buy, to buy some suits, to buy two suits. And instead of going down the side with the tailors, he'd gone the side with the, sort of the, the fashion shops. Uh-huh. Um, which is it's fine you know, that there, there are some guys there who who make decent decent stuff but some salesman had had sold him and 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 sold him on the idea of of one of these, these urchin suits and he's he's a you know he's he's a fit guy but he's a, he's a rugby player you know he's like oh, a, pro, he's a he's a prop forward he's a big boy he's a big boy you know he's he's big shoulders big hips massive thighs you know he's 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 a strong fell healthy guy he's not fat but he just looks terrible in in that skinny suit um whereas if they'd put him in a in a in a more traditionally proportioned suit probably with with some pleated trousers probably with with a, a, a you know a, a, a um a double vent at the back of the jacket mm. he'd look great mm. um but as it is he spent quite a lot of money on two suits that don't really suit him but the problem is who tells you this this is the thing I yes. i mean i mean
0: I have this thing where I don't you know, being very British, you don't offer an opinion unless you're asked for one. Of course, of course. Um but it is I mean we're offering opinions now, but we're not specifically pointing out to no. anyone. But it's the amount of times I see guys and they just go, please just think about mm. what you're wearing. And how you're wearing it as well. That's the other yes. thing. is How yes. you're wearing it, you know. Of course. That sort of thing of of um, you know, the bum freezer jacket and the mm. and the all matching trousers and you, okay. yes, yes.
1: And it, 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 you know, one of the things that um, again Bruce Bruce Boy talks about, I think, in Elegance, one of his earlier books, and and he, he implores men to, to do what um, to do what, what 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 women do. You know, when when you go to the shopping with you with your wives or your girlfriends or your mum or or whoever, quite often they'll they'll take a garment and they'll just hold it under their face. Mm. So how do those colours work for me? And if you know, do that. Try it on. Make sure it it fits. If it doesn't, either don't buy it, or if you're really sold on it, make sure it fits you well enough that an alterations tailor can adjust some things. Mm. Um, and that makes the world of difference. I was having, um, I was in the, uh, the the cigar club in, in Newcastle, um, having a having a chat with a, a, a guy there who, who works for, for Marks and Spencer um, as a as a store manager. Right and uh, lovely chap, and we, we we got on the subject of, uh, of suits, and he does the same as the same as I do, which is when I can't always afford to have a suit to suit a suit made because it is an expensive proposition. It is right. yeah, and especially for things like like um, sports coats or jackets or blazers, you know, I can't really justify it. So what I do is find an, an, an off the an off the the shelf brand that works for me, and then spend. 20, thirty, maybe forty pounds, getting the sleeves adjusted, maybe getting the length tweaked a little bit, maybe the, the cut away, the angle at the front, and that just makes, you know, you can you can take a a, a, a jacket from, from 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 a standard retailer, mm. spend a little bit of money on it, and come out with something that looks much much better than you could have spent an insane amount of money in a department store for. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I, I and, totally agree with that. Mm. That's a great tip it is it, it is and, and that I mean for me that brand is quite often marks and Spencer um because I know that I can i can I can trust them um but you know th- th- this guy who works for Marks and Spencer he buys his from Jaeger, so it's <laughs> you know it's it the brand's not really the, the important part it's does it fit does it suit fit yeah. proportion color texture all of that all of those gubbins well so, I,
0: yeah I was known that the color chart thing well i mean we'll talk mm. i'm sure we'll talk about this in another article sure. in the future but my quick tip for that is um go into a store with a white shirt on because mm-hmm. most people can carry off a white shirt yeah um and uh ties just yep. put color different colored ties up to you yes and that's the very quick way to see what suits you color wise mm-hmm. without Absolutely. having to put on loads of different clothes and go through it if you Absolute. just put a tie next to you under your chin yeah. with a you white
1: could, shirt yeah. you suddenly go oh
0: my god that's awful or oh, yeah. actually that kind of works
1: yeah yeah that, that's great and especially if you go to a retailer that, that stocks lots of ties um so like um suit supply Oh yeah, or one of it's, our partners, maybe like Hawes and Curtis. Well, so Hawes are oh, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Haws always have great because they've got those tables with the with the the, the, the circular table with, the, with 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 the ties laid out almost in the color wheel.
0: Exactly, perfect. Yeah.
1: And that is that is just the place to go for it.
0: Mm.
1: And one of the things that, that that I think can work very well there is you can have a sense, and Haws do this quite well. Is they often have different textured ties. So
0: awesome. you can have
1: you can have a, a smooth tie and think okay well that that works that color works for me but look at the same color a similar color in a, in a knitted tie or in something with a bit of a pattern to it or something like that and see the difference that makes hmm. yeah it's um that, that that's a great tip Zach <laughs> so uh um, we'll, we'll we'll steal that and use it in one of the one of the main sections later
0: well, I'm sure we will but James now look
1: time for tea my friend we need to get oh, the, get the kettle on Yes, indeed. Well, uh, See you next week. Indeed. It's been lovely talking to you, my friend. I'll see you next week. See you next week.
0: This podcast is brought to you by The Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nicol at the Pistachio Palace.